write down what is the objective for getting that particular thing done and then the steps to do it. If you are working 25 hours a week, like Norm used to do, then um, record it, you know, just turn your phone on and record what you're doing. Hey everyone, it's Norm Ferrari, AKA the Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about automating your business with tools and software that you need. We're going to talk about choosing which process to automate first, how to skill your, your systems, and the type of systems that our guest recommends. Okay, so thanks for joining and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about automation and tools for your business. Our guest is the CEO of WTS Enterprises, a business for performance architect. He is an international business consultant, coach, and speaker. He has a unique experience of personally helping hundreds of businesses grow simply using the WTS method. He's his spe- <laughs> I'll get through this guys. It's what? It's Friday. I'm going to get through this. It's easy. His uh he talks to entrepreneurs about stressed out uh, being stressed out and how to work in your business rather than working on your business using systems that profit and freedom can become a consistent mechanical reality. My guest is a first-time guest, Josh Fonger. And before we get to the uh, to the sponsor, see, I got through it. Life's easy. All right, Kelsey. Launching products isn't like it used to be. To successfully launch your product, you need to hit that algorithm from all sides. Driving external sales, boosting social signals, and increasing product listing engagement are fundamental to success. Rebate is the first and only launch platform that delivers across this broad range. Get your product featured on Amazon.live through Rebate's Influencer Program. With this service, your product gets instant exposure to large audiences of shoppers and permanent placement on Amazon Influencer Storefront, which drives perpetual sales. Run a sweepstakes campaign on Rebate and connect with shoppers off Amazon. And lastly, drive external sales with tried and true deals campaigns. Visit Rebate.com today and get started with your 14-day free trial. And welcome, Josh. I had a beer. Hello, I, hello. I, made, I made it through my intro. <laughs> I, I didn't mess it up that bad. Usually I'll That's fall great. back in the fetal position, but <laughs> I didn't even get that far back in my chair. But uh, you're here. And this is, um, we didn't get to a, a chance to talk too much before uh, the podcast, but um, this is one of my favorite subjects, automation. Um, I've gone through the uh, Gerber uh, Institute or the Gerber Academy and back in 95, but automation, systems automation, anything to make your um, business more streamlined is something I love. So anyways, we're already on track. Oh, oh good. Excited to be here. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's why Sam Carpenter actually wrote this book, Work the System, which is what um, we really promote is this methodology. And it's the most common comment we get is this is the book that Michael Gerber never wrote. It's like, how do we actually apply these these concepts into the real world 
mm. in a small business and mechanically make the changes. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, I, I, and it, it's interesting because when you take a look at uh, the e-myth, I think you're correct. You're 100% correct because uh, to really apply those things and those principles, you had to go to the other, the next level with, with Michael, and that was the academy. <laughs> and then, then you got like it was no longer a uh, you know twenty dollar book, but uh, anyways, uh, it was very interesting. It did help change. And anytime there's automation for any of the listeners, it is worth spending the time to get the systems in place. And I know we're going to be touching on all of that today. So uh, this is a one of my favorite tools or my, one of my um, favorite topics. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm excited to get into it and see how we can help your audience today. Well, why don't we talk about uh, the WTS system? What is it? Yeah. So as most people probably understand, if you're watching the video, I'll keep putting the book up there. It stands for Work the System. And um, it's kind of a clever title that my previous business partner camp with Sam Carpenter. And it really has to do with uh, seeing your world different, which is the system's mindset. And then Beyond that, the methodology includes coming up with a really crystal clear strategy we call a strategic objective, uh, defining the way work happens, which we call general operating procedures, or sorry, general operating principles. And then beyond that, it's the, the working procedures. Most people know them as SOPs. Now, we call them working procedures because you're always working on them and you're always working in them. And if you, you know, assemble those procedures over time and continuously tweak them, you can uh, mechanically build a business and ideally mechanically build uh, freedom in your life as an entrepreneur, both in terms of financial and time. And that allows you to not have your business be you, but have your business be separate from you. And so we take people through those steps, the, the mindset, the strategy, the principles, and the procedures. Oh, very good. It's interesting that you, you said procedures because uh, I've talked to people, they very common in the on in the Amazon space, people talk about SOPs, but they don't talk about the procedure. So I, I usually say that the procedure is the overall, um, it's the policy that drives the SOP. So you have to, you know, have buy-in definitions. Um, what are your prerequisites to do it? Who's, who's reporting to who? Um, so the SOP is one element of uh, a policy and procedure. So so much, so many times uh, with uh, with Amazon, and when people are talking, they only talk about the SOP, and I don't think that's right. How, what do you think? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've worked with plenty of companies where they, I walk into them, and they already have hundreds, hundreds of SOPs written down. But their company is wildly dysfunctional. It's not going a straight line. There's inefficiencies everywhere. And it's because they may have written down how things are supposed to go. And that might be two or three or five years old. But their strategy has shifted. The personnel has shifted. Um, the, the, their software has shifted. There's so many things that have shifted. So um, we really focus heavily on a corporate mindset strategy and principles so that when you do have things written down, uh, people actually want to follow them. They actually want to improve them. They actually want to um, basically utilize that infrastructure uh, because uh, it's it's very easy to write down how something happens. It's, it's a different thing to actually um, kind of tweak it towards perfection, both in its written form and then in its application. And if it's not being applied company-wide, 
you're not really getting the full benefit out of it. And none of the data or the KPIs that you're tracking are going to be very useful because you don't really know how was this work being done if they're not actually following the way you documented it for it to be done. And so I'll, and I'll kind of go into companies and they'll show me their KPIs, but I'll say, well, how is your sales team actually making these calls or how are, how is your customer service actually doing, you know, handling complaints or whatever it might be. And if they don't really know, then they don't really know how to fix or improve uh, their problems. Okay. And just uh, to the listeners, if you are using any form of SOP or policies, um, well, first of all, do you have them? And second of all, let us know how they're working for you. Uh, one of the, I think the challenges for anybody when they have their own business, any entrepreneur is when they should start creating the, uh, the SOPs or building these systems out because you're working in your business 24 seven, sometimes 25 seven. Uh, what are you, what do you suggest? Uh, yeah, there's no, you know, there's no like clear date, like, Hey, six months in start yeah. doing this. Uh, it really comes down to, um, when have you identified something that's going to be consistent in your business? And, um, you are at a point where you actually want to delegate this and then starting to write things down, is going to help. Um, and then from there, you know, over time, I think in, in Sam Carpenter's business, the, the author of work, the system, he has 500 working procedures right now. And they're constantly tweaking and modifying how those procedures work. Now, you don't need 500 to have a great business. If you have 10 and they're the 10 most common things your business does and they're written down, that's going to help a lot. Uh, the next 10 are going to help a lot too, but maybe a little bit less. So as you increase the number of procedures you document your business, there's going to be likely diminishing returns because you're going to handle the biggest problems first and prioritize you know, the core parts of your company. So if you are, again, let's just use making sales calls because everyone can understand that. Um, if you're doing hundred sales calls a day, well, getting that script and the way you handle sales calls, right. Is more important than how you, um, change the, the toner on your printer. You know, that, that procedure might be of some utility maybe, but way less than something that's core to your business and that's done repeatedly. Um, so I think that it's, it's important to have a overall strategy and hey our business is going to be well organized our business is going to be based on systems our business is going to get more efficient with time and we're going to have it things um dialed in and documented strategically and then as a business with your people you start to work through okay well, let's prioritize how we want to go about doing that and um typically it the owners and the managers are the bottlenecks in growth and they can't be strategically growing the business because they're too involved in the day-to-day and so our focus is on breaking apart what everyone does into smaller pieces so that those pieces can then be documented, systemized, and then brought down a layer. And uh, either with lower cost labor or outsourced labor or a tool or some other way to make that work happen faster and not by the highest level person. All right. Well, now let's talk about uh, getting the system off the ground. So you did talk about, you, 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 you said, you know, maybe the first 10 products that or, or uh, uh, issues that come up, uh, sorry, uh, 10 tasks that might be the most common, but 
this kind of follows to the next question, and that is uh, the processes. What processes do you think we should start first? Do you make a list of the the, the top ten pain points in your business or the most repetitive tax uh, tasks? How how do you start? Uh, well, since I usually work with the owners of companies, it's usually where where is the most pain and where is it right now, because that's what they really want to solve. So wherever that is, we we work on that because it's draining them emotionally, it's sucking up their time, and it might not be the thing that's going to make the most money for the business, but it's going to kind of free them up to work on the, the next thing in their business. And so that's usually where we start. So it's not like it's a mathematical thing. And so we start where the pain is and give some relief to the owner to free them up to think more clearly. But ultimately, uh, especially with larger companies, the way we do it is we have everybody who works in the business write down exactly what they do. And typically they, they time track it. And then we make a list and that list might be 100, 200, 300 separate things that everyone does. And then we look at it and say, well, let's, let's prioritize this and uh, work through this as a project so that we can start to get each part of the business systemized. And the, 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 the typical challenge is people will start off by saying, well, we've got a sales system and a marketing system and a billing system. We've got three systems in our company. And you might get a little more, more detail and say, okay, well, let's actually talk about how do you make first contact with a customer? Oh, there's five different ways. Okay, there's five different procedures there. And then how do you follow up? Well, it depends on you know the type of client and what they're interested in. And there's five different ways there. Okay, well then, so it starts to get expand, right? And you start to realize that your simple business is way more complicated. And the reason why you can't easily bring on a team to do the kind of work that you've been doing is because there's so many nuances to every step and every interaction and every communication. And so what we try to do is get it all on a paper first so people can actually start to, to work on it as opposed to just keeping it in their brains. And that's a, that's a big part of the beginning of any process is, hey, we actually need to figure out what everyone's doing. And it, does it even make sense? And oftentimes, some of the things do make sense and some of the things we can discard, right? That's the, that's the number one way to be more efficient is to stop doing things that aren't working. You know, stop doing things that are not profitable. Stop doing things that um, are creating additional steps. And so that, that's where we begin in a project. And that's really easy to say, right? But breaking <laughs> a habit is really tough. Uh, like doing things wrong. And like you just said about it being profitable. It sounds easy. Take a look at what's, you know, take a look at the things that are making you money and get rid of the ones that are not. But it's a habit. I, well, exactly. And that's why, um, you know, that's, that's the reason why I come in as the outside guy, because uh, I'm not an expert in your business, not an expert in your industry. Uh, and so someone else will look into it and say, hey, you're doing these things right here. They're not making you money. Are there, is there a reason why you're doing them? It's like, well, we've always done them or our customer likes it when we do them or they have a reason. And then you push them on it and they're like, well, I guess I don't really have to do that. Or maybe I need to do it differently or maybe I need to start charging more for that particular service. And once they do that, it does become wildly profitable or they realize that their customers aren't really way, willing to pay what it costs to produce at the proper margin. And so they can stop doing it, right? So they're like, well, 
you know, if my customer paid this for it, then it would actually work sense business-wise. You charge that and you find out, does it actually make business sense anymore? And so some of the things with each company probably don't make business sense. And again, it just comes down to taking it off um, everyone's shoulders and brains, usually the owners, and putting it down uh, on a sheet where we can actually um, isolate and identify the separate pieces of the business. And that's a big part uh, of what we try to focus in on is simplifying companies, is that they usually... Um, entrepreneurs are great with ideas. They're great with innovation. They're great with trying new things, experimentation, but they're not always great with simplification and they're not always great with killing bad ideas. And so we, we try to walk them, walk them through that. So going back to understanding, you know, which, uh, which tasks you would work on first, um, th this is just the way that, uh, we do it. Uh, and I don't know if this is very similar. It sounds like it's very similar to what you're doing. But we'll take a um, an org chart uh, or create a task board, and we'll we'll have it broken down into sales, operations, marketing, and then those tasks will be assigned uh, a ten, one hundred, one thousand, or ten thousand um, dollar assignment. So, and, and those are just numbers. But anybody that's got a repetitive task at ten dollars, we're definitely one hundred percent going to be. Uh, giving to a VA. We're going to train and those are going to be the ones we do next. And then we'll go up the next level and up the next level and, until um, at the end of the day, uh, I don't think this has ever happened, at least to me, but just working on those 10, like building that company, right? Um, I always find that, all right, somebody needs my input for something. Um, I, I still have to be the psychologist once in a while, but um, I don't know a way and that I can only work on my business. Now, there's a guy in the business, Steve Simonson. I don't know if you know him, but uh, he's very, very successful entrepreneur. He says, if I am delegated a task during one of my staff meetings, I have failed in the staff meeting. What is your thought on that? That's a pretty heavy statement. Uh, yeah, well, I think it... It makes sense. I mean, it depends. The goal of a staff meeting is to push more work off of off of you onto the team. So it totally makes sense. But I'm sure there's exceptions to that where they say, hey, we actually need to find new financing. We need a million dollar loan. Okay, well, who's going to do that? Well, maybe the owners can actually end up doing that. So there, there are going to be circumstances, of course. Right. But yeah, generally speaking, that's the goal. And uh, having a meeting systems or communication system is is important. That's one of the ones we set up all our clients is that they usually don't have um, a efficient and productive way to be the company psychologist or the, uh, the psychologist for their team. And so we want to make sure, do we have, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annual and annual uh, strategic efficient meeting systems set up so that as you do build a team, you're not just uh, abdicating the work to them and recognizing poor results, but you're actually uh, pouring into them in the most efficient and effective way. And so a lot of times when people think systems, they're thinking, um, you know, technology or automation. They're not necessarily thinking about, oh, communication systems. Like, hey, you know, I want to have a certain kind of relationship with my parents, for instance. I'm going to call them once a week. That's a system. I want that to be more efficient, though. I'll call them while I'm driving. Oh, it's more efficient. Um, I want it to be, you know, a certain level of depth of relationship. 
I'll make sure that I talk about these topics. You know, so like there's ways to cram more value into a system. And that's, that's a very abstract way to think about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the same with um, exercise. So I can exercise just generically, you know, jog around the street, or I can make it more valuable because I can do it with my kids. And I can make it more valuable if I add a stopwatch, because then we're going to do it a little bit faster. And then I could make it more valuable by, I don't know, putting on some music that uh, is encouraging. So like we we maximize that system by thinking about it as a separate entity and figuring out how do we make the most out of each thing that we do. And that's kind of what we're trying to do in a business and everything in life. Because um, I, when I work with entrepreneurs, it's it's their whole life, but we, we focus on growing the business is that um, you want to produce the most value out of each thing that you're going to do and rearrange it in your life so that it makes the most sense so that you actually get to your end goal. And most people don't, the end goal is nebulous. Uh, The way to get there is in their head. And therefore the results are, you know, again, similarly rough. And so we try to get it again, what do we want to build? And then let's build a machine to uh, take us there. Okay, very good. Well, we're getting to the uh, bottom of the hour. And um, just oh, just one sec. Frog in my throat. Okay, so we're getting to the bottom of the hour. Um, would love to hear from any of the listeners about the systems uh, they're using or if they have systems. And is it working for you? Or if you're having any problems. Uh, the other thing is, it's that time. We're going to talk about Wheel of Kelsey, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, get a second entry. For those of you that are listening for the first time, uh, this is where you would enter hashtag Wheel of Kelsey to enter into our giveaway for the day. And uh, Josh, why don't we talk a little bit about the giveaway today? Okay. Yeah. Well, the, talking to Kelsey earlier today and the giveaway is a copy of this book. So if you live in the US, uh, we can mail you a copy of this book, Work the System. And of course, you can get it on Amazon, but we'll mail a copy directly to you for your charge. And for everyone who doesn't win, um, go to WTSenterprises.com, and then you can get a free download of the summary of the book. And that, of course, uh, has a lot of the secrets in it as well. Very good. And like we're, uh, we did last week, we are also going to top that up with either um, uh, a press release from uh, Netfluence or uh, a Turf Terminator, uh, or one of the three from uh, Honu Worldwide. So anyways, it will be your choice, whatever you want. It'll be the book plus uh, the Honu package or the press release. Okay, so that's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. And Kelsey, why don't we go to a commercial? I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors to help keep this podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Jeff Schick Law, Rebate.com, Honu Worldwide, Digital Blacksmiths, Netfluence, Extreme Power, and Startup Club. Now back to the show. A group of some great sponsors, and thank you again for sponsoring the show. All right, now let's talk about time and the ability to scale your systems how much time does it take <laughs> yeah i could take all your time really it could <laughs> uh, it, it could take all of your time um and usually when i'm charting with somebody um 
and anybody really, they're already using all their time. Like everyone is currently utilizing all of their time. And so the first thing is to free up a chunk of time so you can actually work on the systems of your business and improve them. And so uh, we do, it's, it's not a very um, complicated uh, or difficult, difficult um, uh, I guess, exercise to do uh, is we, we track every single thing that you do for two full days. And so once you track two full days, which is very tedious and not fun to do, you always find um, massive time wasters, things that are efficient. Um, there's elements of your day where you were putting the wrong sequence of your day together. So maybe your biological prime time or the time where you have the most energy, you were actually doing things that required very little energy and the things that required lots of intensity and focus you were doing when you didn't have energy, maybe at the end of the day. And so reprioritizing your schedule, um, shrinking some of the things that you maybe take an hour, maybe down to 50 minutes or 40 minutes, and then delegating some of the things that are in your schedule. And the more we can, you know, either uh, shorten or batch or reprioritize, we can typically free up, um, you know, several hours, uh, even more in your schedule. And then we use that to reinvest into uh, systemizing your business. Okay. Uh, that's, that's pretty interesting because like you said, uh, most entrepreneurs are working 25 hours a day and uh, it, it just takes time. I mean, it really is hard. I, I know uh, when I, when I started to implement what we were doing, uh, it was a hyper growth company and I was going to bed at night, sick at night because I was falling deeper and further and further behind every day. And it was just white. And this is literally what I did. I took all the documents. I, there was a thing called paper back in the day and it was in my inbox. And I would just, I swept, I literally swept it all off my desk, went through each thing, reprioritized it and started with what do I need to do now? Like right now. And anyways, uh, it was a pain. And, but once we got it done, once we got templates done, once we got the systems in place, it made it so easy. Uh, and by the way, I, you might get a kick out of this. You might not. But uh, we to get everybody's buy-in and to understand how to, um, why we're doing this, uh, the first policy we did, we had 23 people in the boardroom. And it was how to make a cup of coffee. We had a coffee policy. And we, we said, well, why, you know, why is it important? Because everybody was thinking, oh, this is so stupid. But why is it important? And we found out that people were getting pissed off at people burning coffee and leaving like a just a drop enough for it to burn. And then uh, others, uh, other things that came up were we had lots of really important people coming to our boardroom. They asked for a cup of coffee. And if they had to wait 20 minutes for the cup of coffee, it doesn't look good on, uh, on us. So anyways, <laughs> very simple. This is why. Then where are things located? How much do you use? We had one person, I've said this on the podcast before, and I'm not kidding. They bought one pallet of filters because we could get a price bet break. <laughs> One pallet, uh, that's a lifetime plus uh, two lifetimes, you know, of, of coffee filters. But anyways, where are they? And then the, just how to make it. How many scoops? Are they heaping scoops? Are they? And it was really interesting because we had a, a three strike policy. 
and we we that's what it was but we tried to say that it was like the first time was all educational there was no screaming no yelling um if somebody came in and did it wrong it was probably on us not making the policy right then the second time the same thing the third time there has to be an issue why the person keeps messing up and this happened with one of our sales guys he came in at 5 30 in the morning he didn't drink coffee and he didn't feel that he should have to make the coffee well that was strike one you know bring him in ask him hey what's going on says i drink tea i'm the first i'm in here at 5 30 i'm not making coffee for everybody but we all agreed on it and then the second the second day he did the exact same thing now this is back in the 90s this guy was making 120,000 bucks a year plus a three percent override on all sales and it came to i am going to have to let you go if this happens again and he says norm you'll never let me go because of i didn't make coffee and i said yes because if you can't follow a coffee policy how are you going to follow any policy and he kind of aha okay and that was that was the first like the really first time it was right after we did the coffee policy that all this happened but it was that simple and it is a five page policy on how to make a cup of coffee and where to go and drawings and everything like that i still have it but uh anyways i just thought i'd share that <laughs> That's a great story. And, uh, and salespeople are generally the hardest to get to buy in to, um, salespeople and business owners, the owners and the salespeople are the hardest to get to buy into this, not because they don't believe in it and agree with it, but they just, they just like to do things their own way. And they, um, are self-confident enough and their ability to innovate on the spot. And they like the freedom to do that. And so uh, I'm not surprised by the salesperson not wanting to follow it. Um, but, when we try to make this initiative happen, because it's cultural and it's mechanical, um, we let them know that there might be some people in your team who are going to be let go. Um, and if you don't have the backbone to make that happen, um, you're going to be in trouble, right? Mm. If, they, if they see that, hey, here's how we're going to do it. And then some people, it's allowed if you break the rules and these people, you know, we don't, we, we, we really need them. So it's okay if they don't really follow it, then it's never going to happen. So you might as well not even start. It's just going to um, diminish your credibility as a leader when you go through it. And then you'll invest in these systems and no one will use them. So th there's no point in starting. Uh, but if you can actually, like you said, get buy-in from everybody and say, hey, is this really the best way to do it? Yes, it is. We all agree. Okay, we're going to actually do it this way. Um, and then you have a three-strike policy. Then you can actually follow through with it and um, get them to actually follow it. Um, the, the one thing that we'll do with departments like salespeople or outside sales, where we know that they're, they're not gonna be able to get held into a box, is that we make their procedures more open-ended um, with a lot more opportunity to uh, think on the fly. And so we'll, we'll call those uh, maybe guidelines where they're more best practices and mm -hmm. suggestions and not, you know, you must do this and you must say this because we just know we're not going to actually get them to comply with that. And it will hurt the business to be that rigid. Very good. All right. Now, uh, we talked just before the, the podcast about tools, apps. What are some of these recommendations that you can make to systemize your business? Yeah, well, I'm going to disappoint here. <laughs> but also, I'll keep this podcast relevant for many, many years in the future. I don't actually have an, a specific one to recommend. 
I mean, I don't know. We use Zapier. I'm sure everyone does. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a ton of them out there. They're going to be changing every year. Um, then the biggest issue that I have with tech geeks that I work with that are really into automations is that they've typically automated too much too soon in a process that was not well thought out to begin with. So they, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot by investing too much into something that now is rigid that needs to be broken because their business model wasn't set up right. It wasn't thought through. They didn't think through the customer journey from first visibility to collecting the lead, to nurturing, to presenting, to selling, to closing, to collecting, to you know, fulfilling the customer. Like they haven't walked through all of those things um, in a more uh, manual, organic way long enough yet to know what really are the right places to automate. And then when they did decide to automate, they did too much of it, too broad, as opposed to like, okay, this one piece we figured out. You know, it's one little sliver, let's automate that little sliver. And then this one thing right here, let's automate that. But but uh, I typically work with companies that we have to dismantle so we can build it right. Um, and then again, uh, I'm not a tool expert and each industry kind of has their own things that they do. Uh, so I don't have any like, hey, use this tool and it's gonna change your life. Oftentimes I'm dismantling tools, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, to, to get it right first. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a trap that entrepreneurs can fall into sometimes is they think once it's automated, my problems are solved. Well, they are as long as you don't change it, that, that particular step. But as soon as you change that step, your problems are beginning because you have to unravel that. And um, it might not be that easy to do. And you might create some more headaches along the way. Um, so that, that's kind of more of the world I play in. And also I play with a lot of different industries. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure in your market, you know, people who are doing Amazon selling, they need to do a lot more automation and a lot more has been figured out. And there's probably amazing tools for it that I'm not aware of. Um, that you just you just can't run your business efficiently unless you use them. So um, for those people, maybe they can halfway listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> but for people who are outside of the Amazon world, they probably um, get more about what I'm saying. Yeah, and you were talking about uh, making a policy that you know you automate, and, you, and maybe it's the wrong, and you have to go back and automate it later. Uh, I've made mistakes like that in the beginning. I still make mistakes uh, with with SOPs and policies, but uh, one of the big mistakes I did was, oh, this is what I'm thinking. And I, it was from the top down and I'm thinking, okay, this is the best policy. And I find out, and this is just a young buck, uh, learning how to do this, but I was making things way more complicated or I didn't understand the department and people were, they were complying, but they were not happy with some of the policies put in place. Everybody, I mean, the best thing to do is have suggestions. People within the within the department talk to you and give you feedback and not just driving it from the top down because you will never, ever get buy-in. Yeah, definitely. We call it the bottom-up. And so you really do need to engage your team the lowest level possible and the essential way to do that is to keep it really, really simple. The more you complicate it, the less you're going to be able to involve your team in helping create processes that actually work um, in the real world. Um, 
this is kind of a peculiar story, but I, I had a, um, a client in the yacht rental business and um, I forgot which island he was, he was on, but basically he was like, well, I'm going to create this website and then I'm going to drive traffic and then I'm going to collect the leads. And then I'm going to do this. And he had all this, this whole thing mapped at all these different things that he was going to do. And uh, I said, well, how many, you know, you know, he's trying to set up these deals with these people who owned yachts and these various uh, um, hotels and vacation rental areas. I said, how many actual good contacts do you think would be interested in what you're, you're selling? And he said, well, probably about a hundred, a hundred on this island. So I said, there's only a hundred. I said, what if you just called them all or visited them? Why don't you just visit 10 of these locations a day? You'll be done in 10 days. I mean, it's a very personal sale that you're making. It's a very high ticket sale and it's a relationship that you want to build. You don't need any of this stuff. Like he, you like built out this whole technology, automated CRM, all, I said, you just need to call these people. And then you're going to get a much higher close rate. You wanted to create anything and you'll be off to the races. And so he, you know, shifted his mindset in that. I think that's, that's the, the, the trick or the, the problem with systems is sometimes you can build a lot of extra pieces and um, because technology is amazing, they can do all this stuff. One of my, um, I certify consultants who do what I do. And one of them, you know, had this chat bot on his website and this automated filter and this all. I said, in the end, you're selling, you know, high ticket, high touch consulting services. People are going to be paying ten to a hundred thousand dollars, and they're not going to want to be dealing with a chatbot. They just want to talk to you and see if they really trust you and want to work with you, and you know, divulge their inner problems and their financials with you. You don't need to build all this stuff. You just need to have a way for them to call you, and then you sell to them. That's it. Anything else is extra hassle. And then this is again, high ticket consulting. This is not, you know, selling a $5 widget online. In that case, you would need this, the systems. But I think that it's always important to think back. This is why we always go to a strategic objective first. Exactly what is your business about? Exactly what are you trying to achieve? Exactly what is your plan to achieve it? And then build the systems to make that happen. Um, don't say, I've got a problem right now. I'm going to build a system for it because you may need to rethink exactly how you're operating, what uh, what you're doing, because especially you deal you deal in the online world, things are changing. They change fast. Um, you know, uh, so you need to make sure the infrastructure you build is nimble enough to move with the way the marketplace is changing. Otherwise, um, you're going to invest a lot in something that is going to be obsolete in six months. Okay, very good. So. Again, to the listeners, if you have any questions about systemizing your business or anything we've talked about today, uh, please throw them into the uh, comment section and we'll get to it. And if you are interested in our giveaway today, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you will get um, a second entry. Now, I, I was just wondering if, if there is a really quick you know, step um, a step process to systemizing your business is, can you give us like five action steps or three action steps that we can do this? Uh, yeah. So the first, first action step would be um, pick something that you're currently doing that, you know, is a low level task. Uh, so I'm working with a home flipper right now and oftentimes he'll go to home Depot or Lowe's or whatever to pick up materials and bring it to one of his job sites. And I'm like, why are you doing that? He's like, well, no one else can do it. It's like, well, of course someone can go to Home Depot and pick up 
you know, for your home flipping jobs. So pick something that you're doing regularly that of course, you know, uh, someone else could do if you wrote it down. Um, the second thing is, is to, uh, write it down, write down. What is the objective for getting that particular thing done? And then the steps to do it. If you are working 25 hours a week, like Norm used to do, then, um, record it, you know, just turn your phone on and record what you're doing or turn a, a screen capture, um, you know, whether it's Camtasia or, or snag it or something like that and, and record what you're doing and just talk as you're doing it. So either do it and record it or write it down and then, um, find somebody, find someone to do it. Uh, either this, this can be family member, friend, employee, consultant, contractor, employee, you know, you name it, find somebody to do that task. And again, this is, this is all high level and then, um, follow up with them and see how it went likely you didn't put enough detail in there the first time around. So you add that. And then within those steps, you have now separated that particular task from your life forever. And if you were doing it five times a week and it took you a half hour at a time, it's two and a half hours a week, multiply two and a half hours a week times your life. And, um, you made a big, massive change in your life. It might not feel like much, but it was And Sam in, in the book, He's got this great story. It's, you know, he's, this book is um, over 10 years old now, but uh, it was on depositing checks. He used to be involved in depositing checks, like physical checks in his business. And um, once he wrote down how to do it, he saved himself, I don't know, two hours, hour and a half a week, every week for 30 years, you know? So like it was worth it to actually invest in that system, but don't, don't make it more complicated than what I just said. It's really that simple. Um, uh, you know, I had one client where she just hated the way the boardroom, kind of like what you were talking about, Norm, where the, um, the conference room was just too, like, wasn't set up right. It was, it wasn't the coffee. It was the conference room just didn't have the, the chairs, right. The tables, right. The whiteboard, right. Just always was kind of disheveled. And so when they brought in, um, you know, donors and people who are going to be involved in growing the business, she just didn't like the way it looked. And I said, well, just take a picture of it once the way you like it. So took a picture and then tape it to the wall and tell everybody, this is how it needs to look always. It took two minutes to solve the problem that was nagging her for 10 years. And that was the procedure, a photo <laughs> stuck. Now it became more polished than that, but like, Hey, we solved the problem. Take a photo, stick it to the wall. That's how you, you, know, you just tell everyone, this is how it should always look when you leave the room. There you go. As opposed to the CEO of a $20 million company, rearranging chairs and tables all the time. I mean, so, Think about how you're wasting your time by doing low level work and then get creative with a way to build a system. Okay. That's great advice. So, uh, Kelsey, I think we, I don't know if we have any questions today. Are there any comments? Uh, let me see. We have, uh, one from Andrew. He's saying, uh, the worst thing in my job is when people get creative and everyone thinks, uh, something turns out to be a policy or procedure, uh, because everyone is doing it and it kind of snowballs into that. Um, so that's one of the comments, uh, but yeah, no, no, the questions, um, going back to the, the Walmart live that we had, uh, Chuck was saying that, uh, the live was great. And, uh, we had some questions about the book again. Um, so what was the uh, name of the book? We'll just uh, plug that one more time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the book, his name is, uh, work the system. So. Certainly you can go there. Pretty memorable. Sam Carpenter wrote it. It's in its, um, 
gosh, it's in its fourth edition now. So mm. it's, I think it's in five languages now. It's spread out around the world. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I would check out the book. Of course, you can go to his website, Sam Carpenter. Uh, he's in his 70s now, but he's still producing a video content every week on how to systemize your life, how to systemize your business, uh, the great videos. So you can go to his website, workthesystem.com, and he always has, has new content there as well. Fantastic. I, I'm always looking at ways to systemize my life. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of those people that have systems for everything. <laughs> it's everything. Uh, yeah, well, that's great. I mean, I think that's one of the ways to think about life. Everyone has the same amount of time. It's just how are you going to uh, maximize it? Uh, so our family is very peculiar probably because I'm the dad, but like every single thing, whether it's how are we going to do breakfast? How are we going to do our family walk? How are we going to do game night? How are we going to do every single piece? Let's, let's build it out so we can, again, it, it removes the confusion. It removes the chaos. It helps those particular events be more enjoyable and um, more effective as opposed to everyone just kind of doing their own thing and then wondering why things don't work out. And, uh, we homeschool and got four kids in the house. So if everyone does their own thing and every, it's going to be chaos really quick. And so <laughs> we try to keep things, uh, organized and, uh, it, there's, there's, I think there's, there's freedom in being, um, systematic. People might yeah. think, well, that's really restrictive, but if you've already chosen what you want to accomplish and you've set it out a plan to do it, you'll be happy that you did it that way. And also then you can actually do enough attempts at something to creatively tweak and improve something as opposed to every single time being your first time ever doing it before. Um, you're never going to be very effective at something, but if you've done it again and again and again, you can start to really become a master at, uh, like my middle child right now, uh, Luke, he's a master at making cheeseburgers right now because that's kind of his thing is making cheeseburgers for lunch. So he's, you know, he's done it 30 times now. So he's getting really good at it. So I look forward to, eating lunch <laughs> <laughs> cheeseburgers yeah. my type of son there we yes. go um one of the things that it, it might sound a little bit different but just organizing your day so one of the systems i have is before i go to bed or before i go off the computer 20 minutes it usually takes maybe it takes 10 but i just go through my task list kind of organize uh, and go into my calendar as you can hear, I have something coming up in 10 minutes, but uh, I go into the calendar and I can just look at it at a glance. I know exactly what I have to do in the morning. And believe it or not, the amount of stress just doing that takes off being organized. And um, it, 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 it's, uh, it's just a system that it's so easy to put into place. Uh, and I actually heard about doing this. My dad used to do lists all the time. So he'd rewrite his list before he left the office. But I heard um, George Bush, the original George Bush, said that he spent 10 minutes a day um, just organizing and thanking people for what they've done for him. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And so now that kind of just, I do the exact same thing, uh, but I, I just bring it over to my calendar. And it's, it's just a huge stress relief. Yeah, no, a great idea. Uh, daily habits are are powerful, especially ones like that. So we've got a ton of them in our family, whether it's a weekly date night or a weekly game night, or we have friends over once a week, kind of like yeah. we have things that we just plan on doing because we know if we do it enough times, like you said, thanking people, um, 
it's going to produce the result that we want as opposed to again chaos so uh our our jobs are to kind of get control that's one of sam's quotes is that you know control is a good thing so yeah. uh, you've got be in control or be out of control and so it would be better to actually um you know, actually make uh, wise choices and steward that time and resources uh, well. Okay. So I think we're at the end of the podcast. How can we get a hold of you? Yeah. So I uh, go to WTSenterprises.com. So W, you know, work the system. So WTSenterprises.com. And uh, there's resources there. There's a, the summary of the book is there. And of course, um, I, I certify consultants and then I work with small business owners. So if you own a small business, I have worked with several companies that do um, Amazon selling and e-commerce companies, but uh, really any small business, uh, as long as you're busy and you feel like you're the bottleneck in your growth, then I could probably help you. All right. So last chance to get in on our giveaway, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, you get two entries. And Kelsey, let's go to a commercial, then over to the wheel. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so you've never seen the wheel of Kelsey. Be prepared to turn down your volume. <laughs> it's time for the wheel of Kelsey. Okay, let's give this a spin, Kels. All right, so thank you everyone who entered. I'm going to shuffle these up. Uh, we do this every single podcast. Uh, so if you are the winner, winner, please let me know at k at lunchwithnorm.com. And it's Chuck. All right. There you go, Chuck. All right. Enjoy. Congratulations. Okay, Josh. Well, thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on. And uh, again, talking about one of my favorite subjects. Glad to be here. Thanks, Norm. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Lunch with the, lunch with the, lunch with the.